0: Welcome to Futureproof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. This episode, one size fits all, seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, it's a
0: it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare.
1: So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It was recorded live at Can Lines in June 2019.
2: I'm Jane Osler, Global Head of Media, Insights Division of Kantar. Our guest today is Steve Hatch, who's Vice President Northern Europe for Facebook. Welcome, Steve.
1: Great, thanks, Jane. Great to be here.
2: So you were, I think when I last saw you, actually, you were CEO of MEC, which is now Wavemaker, a media agency. So how does working at Facebook differ from working in a media agency?
1: Well, I, I loved my time at uh, at MEC, now WaveMaker, and I'm lucky that I still get to work with agencies in my current job I'm a huge passionate advocate of agencies then and 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 am now but I guess in terms of the differences and I, I am sometimes upset by my my peers or my kind of ex colleagues and this like what's it like um, and I think probably by far the look of slight disappointment and then I expend it to it is what it's because the first thing they say is is it easier go, well <laughs> well no because like you know all jobs that are Interesting, or hard on some levels and challenging on some levels. Uh, but there are there there are so many things that are really similar. Like you know, make sure you're building a great team. Make sure you're focused on your clients. You know, if you if you get those two things right, your business grows, and that's that that's so similar. I think in kind of all businesses really. But there are some fundamental differences as well. I would say that the pace. Again, I, I'm not suggesting one is easier or harder, but often kind of new business dominate and continues to dominate kind of agency life and it's a very kind of baseline experience is how I described it you know I almost say to my kids like I, it's like I'm going to sea you know I'm going to go away for eight <laughs> weeks i will be a bit of shore leave but you know expect that I'm going to go into this place that you that you, that you have to go to and I, I really loved pitching and I think kind of pitching is so good for agencies and for clients because it creates a lot of innovation and bonding within a company Whereas the, the pace around, I think, in a technology company in Facebook is much more kind of staccato. It's much more rapid, more faster in its, in its evolution and more adaptive, I would say. So that's a different, different pacing. There are two other big differences. One is the breadth of the organization. I certainly thought I understood Facebook before I joined Facebook. And then when I joined Facebook, I, really, I realized I understood some of Facebook. And then even five years later, I'm still meeting people that have roles that I... Ask them, well, what is that? You know, what? Do you, okay, tell me a bit more about how a community operations manager works. You know, tell me a bit more about how an engineering manager works with their team. How does that differ? And then the third big difference, and it's it's maybe an obvious one, but one that I, I, I hadn't really thought about until I joined, which is working in a B two C company versus a B two B company. And there are some real moments of joy and satisfaction. Just you know, you walk past a shop and you see the little abacon in the window and instagram like you know someone on the train that's just scrolling through their feed and you can sort of see that you know they might have a laugh to themselves and that's that's a that's a really lovely thing to feel part of yeah and of course you know if i meet people i don't know or as a drinks or something i often get asked a few questions on how can you help me with this bit of my business sometimes i I have to disappoint them and say well i don't (laughs) but let me go and find out somebody um who can so i think that that sense of being you know part of a whole and and part of something where you are intrinsically part of a a mission along with 30,000, close to 40,000 people.
2: Right, so you've been at Facebook since 2014, and I think it's probably fair to say that there's quite a lot been going on at Facebook since then. Um, And what would you say the biggest challenges have been since you joined the business?
1: I mean, there certainly has been a lot since then and a lot of change. Um, So I think back then... Instagram was part of the company, but not in, in the kind of full way that it is now. It, WhatsApp was, and again, in the same way. Actually, by memory, I don't think what um, I don't think Oculus was. So that was something that changed in even the kind of short first few months when I was there, and also the the very kind of significant shift to mobile that the organization made. And in, in many ways, if I look back, that shift to mobile was was one of the sort of creation stories in the old businesses have them. And that was definitely kind of one of ours. But in practice, all of those, I think, are a a magnitude smaller than the changes that I've seen in the company over the last two years, as we've looked to really get on top of and, and get ahead of the big social issues that we are, we are part of and the changes in the company, the substantive differences in how we operate, the responsibilities you have to take on when, as well as, of course, taking great pride and satisfaction in, in the good that's maximized, having to have a real focus on minimizing the bad that happens. And when you have a platform, particularly across our platforms, you, know, you see, of course, the majority, which is the brilliance of humanity. But you also see the worst as well. And how do we create systems and tools and more importantly, resource against that properly? So we'll invest more this year in the safety integrity across Facebook's platforms than the entirety of the company's revenues the year that that, that we IPO'd. And that's you know, that's a considerable investment. So that's mm. kind of billions of pounds into machine learning and AI to safety and integrity. But also means you have people in, in that as well. So from 10,000 to now, 30,000 people in this area. And we've made some good progress. Good to be able to talk about that progress now. Still more to do. Uh, but of all the things, that's probably the thing that I've been most proud of being part of seeing in the organisation. And, and, and without doubt, it's kind of biggest the biggest change.
2: And do you think you'll ever get there? Will it, all, will it become a perfect world where any bad actors will be it out before before anything happens or do you think it's a constant process of trying to keep on top of hmm. content management yeah well i think you always have to aspire to that
1: i think you always have to aspire for something that is p- to protect, that, that, that that is potentially unattainable hmm. um i think just to pick up on your last point it, it's a set this is never a, a kind of one and done solution like you have to keep innovating you have to keep kind of challenging as new challenges come up you have to find new responses but the progress has been has been particularly strong over the last couple of years so if we look at the areas of content that nobody would want to have on the platform with generally the stats are in the 90 percent sometimes the very high 90s that are being taken down before they're reported so take an example of terror content that's something where Now 99% of that content is taken down before it's reported. And the goal is for that to be done before it's even uploaded onto the system. So before it's there, we take it down. And that's all of those kind of very challenging and important areas like uh, violent content, socialized content, terror content. The area that's more challenging, uh, where where the stats are lower, is in hate speech. For a couple of reasons, you know, one which is the number of language differences there are. Around the world, and you know we're operating, for the world, but more it's about the that different words can mean have many meanings in different contexts. So that's something that machines don't. The machine learning bit doesn't necessarily have the nuance. So you need you need people like interpret and understand. Well, you know whether this is just a use of language that's descriptive, or whether this is an act of uh, is, is is an act of hate, and therefore we want to take it down. But we've just released our latest transparency report so we release on a regular basis a sense of how well are we doing the volume that we're taking down how much that we're taking down proactively and what percentage uh, um, so prevalence so against an average number of views what how much of this content is there and now the violent content is one that jumps to mind now that's something like 0.23 percent per 10,000 views so you know, many of these cases you, you, you are talking 97 98 99 Hate speech—it's now crossed the sixty percent line. Now that's not good enough. But that's—I I might have to correct myself on this. But I believe the first transparency report that we released—that was—that was closer to a thirty percent. So over time, the systems get better. Now, very proud of kind of teams around the world. Not least of all actually the team in London. It was a very big kind of safety and integrity team in London for the credible people who devote their lives to getting this right. Yeah, important stuff. And, and then maybe one the other aspects of this, so that's kind of like taking down the other element that is kind of key to that. So one if one aspect is removal, the other is transparency, and I think particularly around electoral transparency, you know, as you know we learned from 2016, you know, we didn't move fast enough. that fact. We were very prepared in the uh, for a traditional type of hack or attack in the t- attack that occurred in fact. So now we put in steps where you have to have registration in order to run political ads you have to that has to be a kind of national national identity. Yeah you only run within the country that it's running in and in many many countries around the world including the UK where where I live we have uh, our electoral ads transparency tools so you can see all of the ads that that are running. So for any page all the different ads are there so people are putting different messages out you're able to see that and that's open to everyone to look at review but it's not only that it's also how much money is being spent behind those ads and the broad demographic reach of those ads and i think our goal is uh, often the digital world is, is 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 a way kind of like tarnished or, or challenged with a lack of transparency but it really shouldn't be it should actually be it should it has the potential to be even more transparent than the offline world and that's where we're going to
2: so tell us about other types of innovation that Facebook is working on: augmented reality, Oculus, etc. What's going on there?
1: Ah, yeah. Well, actually, it's probably worth just before I do that. I mean, there are, there, we've got four priorities this year that have been set by Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO. You know, one, and we've touched on this already: make progress on these important social issues. You know, two: hmm. keep building services that improve in people's lives. Three, which is build our business by building other people's businesses so keep providing great tools for advertisers and then fourth which is to be open and transparent and, and and clear about our role in the world so big transparency and communications push there but going to the second one which is the creating new services and experiences you know at its heart you know facebook is a, you know is an engineering culture it's a product culture and it's like full of people that are passionate about building the next thing and passionate about role that technology can play and there's a lot i could go into here but the things i get really excited about are if you do look at i wish i could remember who said it but there's somebody that said that there are two schools of thought on vr people who think it's the future and people that haven't tried it (laughs) and i think you know that was that might be quite extreme position when you get to experience some of these things and where they've got to where kind of oculus has got to it is phenomenal and in particular, kind of quests where you have a, a touch interface as well as a visual interface as well. This, this sense, and you know, kind of often the word that's used, this sense of presence is really profound. Actually, it was only last week I was listening to a, a podcast on how maybe Holland or maybe Belgium, where for quite some time they've, they've used um, hypnosis as a form of anesthesia actually they're combining that with, with VR to help the kind of process of, of operations and, th- and it's kind of the, the powerful sense of what VR can do in a, in a very kind of social good sense like the idea of kind of education that can come through that of, of actually creating empathy through having a very 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 real sense of what people's experience can be Yeah, we've got a couple of, so um, it's worth saying where it can at the moment isn't it's can't say too much because i know it's raining in britain like it does and it's (laughs) sunny out there but you know we we, uh, one of the things i found really powerful was just to see some of the displays of vr in action so i think adds that i mean it's not mainstream mainstream yet but it is really interesting to see how that's evolved and then there's the other the other kind of great bits for hardware like portal which again you kind of which is um incredible technology that enables you to feel like you are that much closer to somebody through a video messaging that's an kind of, um, application there and then just great fun things like camera effects but it, uh, and, and, and the ways of expressing creatively and then there's all the kind of small little innovations that just make it a little bit easier and a bit more fun to send somebody a birthday card to birthday message all the kind of little I think we often you know, it's quite right that we focus on the big and the grand stuff but a lot of the little things, those little connections between people, are where a lot of the value is also there. So, I mean, I've watched my best friend and his family grow up in Sydney. They moved twenty moved there twenty years ago. Every year, the last twenty years, they said they're going to come back. They're not. Like I'm over <laughs> that. But you know, I have had that sense of being close to him and close to. Uh, his kids as, they, as they've as they grown up and being able to send each other a, a small message and, and, and I think he sent me a poll vote the other day as well. So those little moments of small innovation that create just a little bit more connection in a given day. I, uh, they're undervalued they're the and the I think they're important.
2: So I can see how these innovations help with user engagement and the user experience across your various different platforms. What about innovations for advertisers? Do they need to keep pace with that as well?
1: I think so, yes. I think that is, and, and, and I think in many cases they are. I still think that we've got some way collectively to really unleash the power of mobile. Uh, that is our primary force of communication. and. I mean certainly the way that we create our products for advertising you know which is you know first off there's a thing that people do that they like to do In fact, a good example of this is how the first insight that people would want to share photos on Facebook was there's was one point where the only image you had was your profile image uh this is the early days and <laughs> what people were doing they changed their profile image to what they were doing the night before or the day before <laughs> so that kind of suggested you wanted to to share it and then okay well how do you make that an easier way of doing that and so that's a kind of step two and the way we kind of think about this for for, for brands are for brands to o- begin organically to be able to experiment with different products or different surfaces that are and then in a way so like step ninety nine is you know we have a ad format that fits that so there's a lot of work that goes between those steps three and and, and ninety nine and that's about making sure that there's value that the value is both for advertisers and consumers You know, if you have a vision for ads which is they should be as good as engaging as useful as the content that's there then you want to make sure you do that in the right way i think as people we're very aware of where we're putting our attention increasingly aware of where we're putting our time where we're putting our attention it has to be towards the things that create value for us And everything about the, you know, the stories format which you know there's over a billion people using one form of stories format across facebook's apps Mm. (laughs) right now and that was a product that didn't exist two years ago for us anyway and you know within day one you have brands in there experimenting testing and learning and innovating and the i actually do think that 70 2010 model of you know it's still there is a lot i'm sure there are variants within that but but that kind of 10 percent of test then created 20 and then created 70 i think probably the, the difference between when that model was originally discussed and you know i heard it some decades back maybe it's even older than that is that cycle is happening on a much faster rate than an annualized basis
2: so talking to that yeah. you've got another innovation coming fairly soon i believe which is um, advertising on whatsapp status so is that going to be a global launch or will that just pilot in one market first?
1: <laughs> well, I don't have anything to share on the specifics in terms of the geographies of that. But but for sure, it's turned out to be a really popular. I mean, the WhatsApp platform itself is pretty phenomenal platform. Um, but again, it, it's 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 approaching these things with care and attention. And so whilst I don't know if I can share whether that'll be. National or, or you know that will be global or, or you know what it will obviously be is really um, we want to test it to make sure that those things work for both advertisers and for people. But yeah, there's a, there's there's two two things in terms of uh, what's out there to think about. You know, one is for um, paid notifications, so for businesses to be able to do that to provide services, and you know, again, these are this this comes from seeing things that companies were already doing on the platform. Uh, so that's one area. And then, as you mentioned, the kind of stories or status, as it's called, in WhatsApp. And that's really exciting, because that is a, you know, a way of creating value for business, value for people, that, that is not interrupted, that goes with how people want to communicate. But you, you're right to bring it up, because that presents, you know, here we are in Cannes, and that presents amazing creative challenges mm. and opportunities. It's like, if we think how it took us as an industry, an advertising industry, you know, the best part of half a century to really hone the 30 seconds you know <laughs> there we were in 1951 i think yeah. uh you know where that kind of uh, that, where that came through half a century of getting that right and if we are going to keep pace with where people are going then those that, that kind of learning needs to go quicker because obviously some can go from very small to very impactful but i did see a had a great conversation with the creative yesterday which really stayed stay with me there's a repeat of the line that somebody said a couple of months ago, which is, it's great that you give us framework and rules to work with. He said, but, but actually, it's up to us to go and experiment. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, the phrase was used a couple of months ago, it's like, you know, well, well Kubrick didn't ask Kodak how to use film. You know, he, just, <laughs> yeah. he just went and did it. And I think, yeah, there is, uh, it was just such a, you know, a, a brilliant, inspiring conversation, kind of go, yep, we don't know what the creative capability of these things are. And that's where it takes the brilliance of others to really make sing.
2: So I think freedom for creative expression is actually a really interesting theme. So I I wanted to just touch briefly on Instagram. Instagram is, in fact, the fastest growing brand, according to our global Brand Z Top 100. Um, And it's obviously doing well in terms of operating as an influencer platform and people are using it in all sorts of different ways. How do you think the conversation around the role of influencers has changed in the last year or two?
1: It's, it's an area, clearly, that's got a lot of attention and, 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 and a lot of attraction. I think we're certainly thinking how we can play a, we as Facebook and Instagram, we can play a positive role in that ecosystem. But what I've been most, not surprised by, but I think what I've seen is everybody's very aligned very quickly with this, which is, uh, in a way, it feels like the influencer, we are definitely in wave two and we're beyond kind of experimentation, some of those investments are very significant by brand, So that comes with the right and appropriate questions, which is, is this a great return on investment? You know, how is this working? How can I be sure that it's that it's doing what it says and how sustainable is it? That's one one track. And of course, the other track is, is this legal, decent, honest, truthful, and open and transparent. And I think, you know, you need both of those things happening at the same time. I think the best platforms, the best clients, And actually, most importantly, the best um, creators are all aligned in that, because the ones that operate with authenticity are also the ones are the most effective, and also the ones that want to make sure that there are kind of clear rules and guidelines and tools on Instagram to kind of help with that so people are clear around that. But there's also the guidelines that you'd see within any given advertising regulator or self regulator around the world. I think these things are very helpful, but it's it's early. From a marketing effectiveness perspective, but I think the potential is is clearly and clearly there.
2: So, how do you see Facebook developing over the next few years? Will any of the platforms be combined?
1: So, I mean, we're very clear in terms of the trends, and there's the in a way the high level and then the immediacy of what that work of what that looks like, which is what we're seeing is the changes in how people share, and in a way that privacy or more private ways of sharing are the fastest growing. So newsfeed environments or kind of what I think externally and internally is called the kind of town hall, the very public, public environments, something like newsfeed. They're they're continuing to grow and they'll continue to do that for some time. But the areas that are really growing are environments like are, are more private ones. So whether that's messaging. And I would say that we are only really beginning to understand what messaging is as a channel. A channel in its own right that's phenomenal whether that's kind of one-to-one or one to that kind of group um, there's groups so and particularly kind of meaningful groups some I mean, communities at the heart of our mission now and groups are at the heart of what the facebook experience looks like and then the the final one which we've seen already kind of come quite quickly which is the more ephemeral forms of content so stories so that's kind of gone from zero to over a billion so definitely that has a focus don't see the apps coming together but what we do to, uh, see is more interruptability uh, in a way particularly between the messaging app you should be able to whatsapp somebody on who's a messenger user across the world or insta you know ig direct somebody who's on whatsapp somewhere else so that but that's a real back-end systems thing rather than a kind of funny utility if you go back to help telecommunication networks started like they used to be originally if you're on one network versus the other and you're in the same town you couldn't call the other person's network so of course you know over time like these things begin to come together so it's more about creating utility in the uh in the, in, in the back end of that that is both kind of good for consumers and then for advertisers of course the same thing like how can we create systems that are really powerful that can work for also all businesses and we've got 90 million businesses on the platform now my home country, the UK, there's 4 million of those. And that's a blessing and it's also, you know, it's an enormous sense of responsibility. You want to be able to serve them really well. And our goal is to really kind of provide the best possible value we can all of the time. I am a big believer that digital advertising and advertising in general is a tremendous force for good. You know, it creates growth, that creates jobs, that Builds communities, and I think we don't often spend as much time. uh, Well, the avatar industry maybe doesn't spend as much time as as perhaps chicken are really focusing on the impact that it has in people's prosperity and community because it's incredibly strong.
0: listening to future proof for all episodes and more information visit uk.cantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released thank you